Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. This is The View from the Opposition. This week it comes from Rob Guest from Football London who covers Spurs home and away. Newcastle travelled down to the capital on Sunday, hoping to get the better of Antonio Conte's men. Uh, Rob, thank you very much for popping onto the podcast. You're just back from Manchester, where Spurs lost 2-0 to Manchester United. How was that trip for you? It wasn't a good trip at all, to be honest. I think anyone connected with Tottenham, I think people probably went there expecting Spurs to maybe get something uh, at one of the top six rivals and they struggled massively. They were lucky. It was just a 2-0 defeat in the end because Hugo Lloris was called into action numerous times in the first half. A few times after the break, Spurs just weren't at it at all. And I mean, full credit to Manchester United. They played really well, but Spurs were way off the pace last night. What do you think the reason for that was? I know they're suffering from from a few injuries, but was that the the full reason, you think? I don't know. It's it's hard to put a, a finger on what exactly goes wrong when they go away to a top six team. Uh, last season did so well at Man City and Liverpool, got four points from a possible six. Whether it's a case of going to City and Liverpool and it's maybe a case of, well, we're not expected to get anything here, so maybe there's no pressure on us. We can you know, play how we want and try and nick something. But then when you maybe go to the likes of Chelsea, Arsenal and Manchester United, your top six rivals where you maybe are expected to leave with something. Uh I just don't I just don't know what it is. Last night levels should have increased massively. Uh going to, you know, Old Trafford a chance to move into second in the Premier League table, beat one of your top six rivals and Spurs just shrunk the way, way off uh, the best last night. So it's just hard to put a finger on it, really. I, on BBC Five Live, Jonathan Woodgate, who was the co-commentator, he said that Spurs just couldn't handle the midfield three of Manchester United. Um, would that be a fair uh, summing up of, of one of the major issues on the night, do you think? Yeah, I think uh, definitely in midfield I had issues that Spurs themselves went with a three-man midfield bringing Eves Basuma into the team as Richarlison uh, picks up a calf injury against Everton and he was missing. So you're thinking if they're going light for light they might be able to, you know, hopefully come out on top and win that battle, but they didn't. But it wasn't just in midfield, defensively as as well. Uh, Eric Dyer, Christian Romero, really poor at the back. Probably un- uncharacteristic uh, from them, really, as they're normally two of Tottenham's be- best performances. At, at the back, they're just you know, reckless at times, just sloppy in possession, simple passes getting wrong. And that just, you know, brought pressure after pressure onto them and it was it was literally it was relentless at times and just thankfully Hugo Lloris was on song and you know making save after save because it really could have been a humiliation there at Old Trafford last night. Is this just like like a little minor blip 
I'm just wondering, can Newcastle United fans and, and, and Newcastle United's manager Eddie Howe maybe look at the way Spurs perform against Manchester United and, and take some hope from that, that they can go down to to, to uh, London and, and get the better of Spurs on Sunday? Well, I mean, you look at the league table, it makes it makes for good reading for the Tottenham fans at the moment. Uh, obviously, they missed a the chance to go second last night, the third at the moment. Seven wins from 11 games, two draws, two defeats. In the Champions League, they've lost one game. So when you're looking at the results as a whole, it's maybe not so bad. But when you then look at the the performances, it's not been great at all. Uh, last season, in the final few months, they were at the free-flowing best. They were scoring goals for fun. Newcastle fans will know that because at the start of April, I think they got five against them. And this season, it's just like, chalk and cheese really it's just a, t- a totally different team some games they've played well and scored some others they've maybe struggled and just got out of jail at times that i've very rarely seen a 90 minute performance from tottenham this season and i think that's probably still a positive to come that we're still waiting to see that so once they get through the gears then they can maybe really kick on in the second part of the season but it's just getting to that stage at the moment. Do you think there'll be a, a wounded animal on Sunday? What will the reaction be like? Well, there needs to be a reaction after last night. I don't think it can get any worse, to be honest, going on the performance because the Spurs were just dire all over the pitch. Uh, really, really poor. So there's got to be uh, a reaction, but incredibly tough game to come into. I know Spurs have done really well on home soil this season seven wins from seven in all competitions but Newcastle are going to be in confident moods they're in really good form at the moment and just looking at the league table I didn't realize Newcastle was so high I think they're going about the business really quietly putting themselves into a good position and you know they've been scoring a lot of goals recently against Fulham against Brentford another good win last night against Everton point at Manchester United prior to that you know, Newcastle's really going to be a big test for Tottenham. And yes, Spurs need uh, a response after last night. You mentioned there Spurs picking up points, not necessarily playing well. I, I think personally that's a bit like how Newcastle have been playing at some parts this season, the game against Everton, for example. Um, they weren't really at the best, but they're still managing to, to pick up those victories, which is getting them up the table. I mean, maybe the other thing you probably haven't noticed either is the, the lack of goals Newcastle uh, concede, only conceded nine this season, which is the least amount in the Premier League um, across all other uh, 19 clubs. But they do face, you know, some excellent forward players on Sunday. Just how dangerous is Harry Kane to, to Newcastle's chances of, of, of picking up all three points? Massively, you know, Kane's just a quality player. Uh goal scoring he's got a really good passing range on him as well uh can set up goals so yeah uh Newcastle really are going to have to try and keep Kane quiet but as well as that Spurs have got to bring him into action because last night he just wasn't involved at all and when he was on the ball the rare occasions where he was in possession he just wasn't really doing enough he just didn't click uh for Kane and Son last night but you know if you give him a chance on goal there's a good chance they'll uh, certainly take it so was it a case that Spurs played poorly in Manchester United were just able to take advantage of that or was it that Manchester United played really well and, and Spurs were you know maybe average and, and not actually that bad 
Well, I think you've got to give full credit to Manchester United last night. They played really, really well. Uh, it's probably one of the best performances I've seen from them in some time. I think maybe the Arsenal one is the one that sticks out from this season when they beat them at, at Old Trafford. But Tottenham were their own worst enemy at times and just playing into United's hands, just losing the ball in stupid areas of the pitch. And, you know, as I said earlier in the podcast, it was just relentless at times. Larice, it was save after save. Uh, so, yeah, as well as United played, Spurs did give them a big helping hand, but you've still got to be able to take the chances and that's what United did. For those who haven't watched Spurs this season, can you just give our listeners a bit of insight on how you think they'll approach Sunday in terms of on the pitch? You know, are they a team that likes you know to have the ball? Are they a team that likes to maybe hit teams on the counter? Just give us a bit of insight into how they play. Well, this season it's it's been a bit up and down, really. Uh, in a number of games, Spurs have started well, and then they're falling into a bit of a familiar pattern where the other teams start getting on top and then Spurs try to hit them on the counter. Uh, we've seen that quite a few times. Uh, I'm not sure how Conte will line up on uh, Sunday against Newcastle. It maybe depends on Kulaseski if he's back fit. So maybe persist with a 3-5-2 depending on his fitness or if if he's fit enough to start, then he might be 3-4-3. Uh, so Spurs... Spurs are a much better team when Kulisevsky is in there. He makes them tick. Uh, we saw that at the end of last season when they were scoring goals for fun every week and at the free-flowing best. And that's just not been the case this season. So it's really hard to know what Tottenham we will see on Sunday. Uh, they've not been on song this season, far from it in games, but they've just been doing enough uh, to get over the line. So... All I can say is they really are going to have to be at the best with Newcastle playing well at the moment. I wonder if the consistency that we're seeing with Newcastle, Eddie Howe doesn't tend to change your winning side. And even with the schedule, three games in a week, I would be, I'm going to say that I don't think he'll actually change um, the team at all if everyone is, is actually fit. Do you think that consistency that Newcastle have? will uh, be a benefit to them taking on Spurs in terms of you saying that you're not really sure how Spurs will, 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 will set up? Yeah, I think having a consistent team is always going to benefit everyone. So you just get used to playing uh, with each other. Conte really has mainly kept things the same this year. He's got a bigger squad because there were a number of players coming in through the door in the summer. But it's only been a couple of changes here and there. It's usually his left-sided centre-back they'll swap so Clement Longley may come in for Ben Davis there'll probably be a change at left wing back uh, with uh, Ryan Sessing on maybe for even Perisic and then the other change usually is one in attack if it's Kulisevsky or Richarlison starting but with Richarlison obviously injured Kulisevsky we're not sure on his fitness yet there'll probably only be a couple of changes uh, for Spurs but for Newcastle, just having a consistent lineup, I think that only bodes well going forward, especially when they're getting the results as well. How much do those injuries that you've you've just mentioned there? Obviously, with Charleston's probably the, the big one. He looked devastated when he was leaving the stage. I'm I'm sure a lot of people saw the the, the pictures of him. I mean, how much do these injuries impact Spurs? I think they they do have a big impact. So we were speaking to Hugo Lloris after the game last night and he made the point of 
you know, Tottenham did miss having a Dane Kulosevsky in the squad or a Charleston. So it's just another attacking option and they both bring quality. Uh, Kulosevsky, as I was saying, he, he really does make Spurs tick. Uh, such a good player. A lot of the Tottenham's best play does come from him because he's got a really good eye for a pass and he can score, assist as well. So he's a massive miss when he doesn't play. Uh, Richarlison, it's done all right so far. Uh, I think notably standout game was Marseille in the Champions League where he scored twice. Maybe not had biggest of impacts in games, but he can always make things happen with his uh, work rate and desire. And yeah, I think that was certainly missing last night. And I think you're always going to miss players of that quality, to be honest. So Conte has gone to once and back sooner rather than later, especially off the back of such a poor display at Manchester United. I think Newcastle fans will uh, know exactly what you're talking about there with the, the injuries to Ansett Maxman and Alexander Izak. And of course, earlier in the season, you know, Bruno picked up the injury, Callum Wilson as well. So they've been on that journey as well. And we're just starting to see them players get really back to match sharpness. And that is coinciding with Newcastle picking up some good results. And it's no surprise um, that's happening. Um, in terms of the players who are likely to feature for Spurs, Rob, who is the one? We've mentioned Harry Kane. Is there anyone else that stands out who you think Eddie Howe will be pinpointing to his defenders saying, you know, you've got to keep this this fella quiet? I think Son's the uh, obvious uh, standout other than Kane, but he's had a bit of a Apache season, to be honest. I think it was about seven games he went without scoring and then came on against Leicester and just netted this incredible hat-trick. Uh, had a really good international break with South Korea as well and you thinking, right, he's going to kick on uh, after the international games. And that's just not been the case so far. But you just can't give Son chances and goal because you know the quality he brings to the team. So I think that's someone else, uh, Eddie Howe, will be wanting his team to keep a close eye on. But I think Peter-Emil Hoiberg's another one, maybe one who's gone under the radar, uh, but he's contributed with, a number of goals and assists this season. He just seems to be having a big impact going forward. So, whereas, you know, the concentration might be on Kane and Son, Hybeg's been assisting, been getting into the uh, positions as well to score. So, I think he's someone uh, Eddie Howe will be mindful of as well. And in terms of Spurs' biggest weakness, where do you think Eddie Howe will be targeting? Well, I think if you're looking at the game from last night, then he's just going to be uh defensively and then central midfield because Spurs just couldn't keep the ball. Uh it was ridiculous at times. I think all Tottenham needed was just a period of five, ten minutes, you know, just to slow the game down, just settle down and just frustrate Manchester United. But they couldn't they just kept giving uh the ball back to them. So I think obviously with players uh Bruno Gimarez's quality, Miguel Almiron's doing well, Callum Wilson up front. They'll be hopeful of a repeat, really, and uh, you know, being able to get on top and winning that battle in uh, the final third. How will the hand on Newcastle's approach of pressing the opposition? It's been really drilled into them that when the opposition have got the ball at the back line, you know, they they press them. They like to chase down the goalkeeper. How will Spurs handle that? Well, they didn't handle it very good at all at Old Trafford uh, last night. Uh, Manchester United really put them under some intense pressure at times and, you know, Spurs just couldn't live with it and just kept losing the ball way too uh, cheaply. 
So if Newcastle can do that, then they can certainly cause uh, Tottenham problems. You mentioned there a few Newcastle United players. Is there anyone that you're particularly looking forward to, to watching in black and white? Uh, probably Bruno Guimaraes. Uh I've not really seen much of him, but everyone's been raving about him this season. I've seen highlights. I think it was the Brentford game where he scored uh, a couple of goals. And I know a few Newcastle fans, and yeah, they just absolutely uh, love him. He just seems to have made such an impact on Tyneside already. I think he's got the fans behind him. I think everyone just loves him. So obviously, if Newcastle have got some big goals and I think he's going to be key to their future. So yeah, I think he's someone certainly looking uh, forward to seeing. Mm, yeah, no, excellent, excellent player. Um, but Everton did prove that if you can kind of keep him quiet as they did for large parts of the second half, then Newcastle's performance does drop. So maybe that's a, a little uh, thing for, for Conte to target from a Spurs point of view. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, just off the field, do you th- first of all, how are, how, how are Newcastle um, viewed in terms of their ambitions? You know, they have made uh, no secret about wanting to gear crash, you know, the, the, the top six, the top eight. Um, are Spurs worried about that in the long term? I mean, obviously, at the moment, the table looks quite rosy for Newcastle, um, but there's always a the chance that they'll, they'll drop off and maybe finish eighth the ninth. But long term, do you think Spurs are off for you in Newcastle? Well, it's another rival, but I think you've just got to focus on yourselves at present. And for Tottenham, that's just bringing in better quality players. They've got one of the world's best managers at the club in, Antonio Conte. You know, they're back in the Champions League. They're in a good position. They just need to really kick on. But yeah, I think Newcastle are going to be certainly a rival in a, a year or two's time. Just looking at Man City following their takeover in 2008, did take quite a bit of time for City to, you know, contest for a Champions League place and, you know, get in there. It took them a while to bring in the top, top quality players. Uh, it's not something that's going to happen overnight at St. James's Park, but I think with the money there, the quality that they've already got in the squad, it's, uh, it's looking good for them. And I think that's only a good thing for the Premier League because I can remember growing up in Newcastle where... Obviously, the entertainers in the mid-90s, early noughties with Sir Bobby Robson in charge, constantly competing at the top in the Champions League. So I think that's only a good thing for the Premier League if there's another team outside of the uh, traditional top six who can, you know, compete and ruffle some feathers. Yeah, 100%. I always liked it recently with Leicester and West Ham trying their the hand at that. It's always refreshing to see another another team come to the table. Um, In the immediate uh, kind of few days, what is... Spurs' view on you think on on this game is it a game that they think they should be winning? Yeah, I think so. I think you've always got to view your home games like that. They've won seven games from seven at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium so far this season. Does seem to be coming a bit of a, a fortress at the moment. When you look at the past few results, it does usually take teams quite a bit of time to settle into a, a new home. It's three and a half years since the stadium opened its doors. So, yeah, apart from 
you know, Wednesday setback at Manchester United, I think Spurs will be confident of getting uh, a result against Newcastle, but it won't be easy. Newcastle have, have picked up some uh, points at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium before. I think the one, one nil was it 2019 20 season when Pochettino was still in charge. Got a point the other season with the dodgy late penalty call with uh, VAR. Yeah, it's going to be a, a top, top game. Uh, Spurs, I'm just thinking about the home games I've had this season, maybe haven't had the biggest of challenges, uh, but I think Newcastle probably will bring that on Sunday evening at uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Uh, just before I get you to uh, give us your score prediction, you mentioned there the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Obviously, it is this fantastic, you know, bit of architecture, and it, I, I'd love to visit it one day. But there's a there's a conversation going on at the moment uh, between Newcastle United fans about whether, in time, Newcastle will need to, to move to a, a, a new stadium to cope with the demands. Um, I'm sure when it was talked about Spurs potentially moving stadium, the same debate in some quarters was being was being had, and there was worries about whether you could have that atmosphere, you know, you're getting rid of that history of the old stadium. Can you just provide our listeners into a bit of insight into maybe that debate and and, and, and the impact of the stadium and, and whether those fears that some may have had have, have, have you know, either come true or, or, or haven't? I think some fans would probably always want to stay at the stadium where they're at because that's all they've really known and that's what the class is home. Uh, obviously, for Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, it's, it was literally built on where White Hart Lane was, so it's not a case of like moving across the city uh, or anything like that. But I think if you want to be a top club challenging, you know, for major honours, bringing in the best players, then maybe you do need a brand new stadium like Tottenham. What's I think sixty two and a half thousand seater stadium, uh, added benefits, had NFL games there. What brings in money, concerts as well. Rugby League Challenge Cup final, Rugby Union games. Uh, there's so much what comes with it. It's not just a football stadium now. It's just so many opportunities that come with it. In terms of Newcastle moving, did they really need to move St James's? I mean, that'd be such a shame if they were to leave St James's Park. It's such a, a brilliant stadium. Personally, one of my favourites in the Premier League. I mean... I know the ground has been done up since the millennium. Uh, is it really the Gallagate end where you're probably looking at now, bringing that up to same size as the other stands? Unfortunately, because of uh, the land behind it being sold by the previous owner, it would be proved very tricky because building work has already begun kind of on that land. Yeah. So that is probably out of the question. The Leasers uh, is already you know, a massive stand. You probably wouldn't want to build uh, much higher, if at all, on that. And then you've got the East Stand, but you've got uh, listed buildings behind it, um, Leasers Terrace, which um, I've seen a few people suggest, you just why don't you just knock it down and build it brick, brick elsewhere? But that's this part of the city's culture and history, and we're getting a bit sidetracked here. So, But they're just part of the issues that you know the ownership have when they you know are looking at extending the stage and we know they are we know their preferences to stop at St James's Park but um you know whatever they do it's going to have to be something special to to make it worthwhile as well because you could spend a lot of money and you only get an extra five six seven thousand seats in and it probably wouldn't make it worthwhile in terms of the money spent so it's going to be an, an interesting um few years as those you know plans and discussions about what could happen uh carry on but uh I mean people look at the Spurs stadium and it is it's something special. And the atmosphere as well, 
seems to have come come with it. Whereas, you know, you look down the road at West Ham and it took a few years for it to build up there, but it seemed just to transfer straight over into the new stadium from White Hart Lane. Yeah, very much so. And I think the the acoustics in the stadium really help because, honestly, it's deafening at times, especially in the Champions League games. I think I remember the very first one they had there against Manchester City. You know, it's an incredible weapon to have and the opposition teams probably weren't like going there and playing there when, you know, Spurs fans are fully on song and it is, it's, it's deafening at times. It's it's an incredible stadium, state-of-the-art. I couldn't really have asked for a better home. Have you done the uh, have you done the roof walk? Yeah. yeah, I always see social media videos of people doing that. The one Anthony Joshua did with the, the big, is it what, you know, you know what I mean. You wouldn't get with me up there. at the top. Yes, the uh, that's what I was looking for. No, no, no. I've uh, I've not done that yet. I think my colleague, Alistair Gold, he's done it before. That he did it a couple of years ago when it first opened and he really enjoyed it. And yeah, I mean, it's just a great thing uh, for Tottenham fans to be able to do. Go on the roof of the stadium, just see Tottenham Hotspur Stadium from an all different perspective. Yeah, uh, it's just so much that comes with the new home now. It's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not for me. I'm not a fan of heights, so I'll leave that to uh, other people like uh, like you see Alistair there, who's, who's done it. Um, how is Sunday going to go then, Rob? Tough game. Uh, I'll go for Tottenham to bounce back. I don't think there's going to be a lot in it. I think it might be a one-goal win, maybe 2-1. I can see Newcastle scoring the way they're playing at the moment. So, yeah, I'll go 2-1 Tottenham. I did stay on our match preview with John Gibson, which came out yesterday. If you look on the um, the episode below, you'll be able to listen to it there. Um, I did say Newcastle would, would win against Spurs, and I'm going to continue on that. I'm going to keep that prediction. Score-wise, I think, like you said, it'll be pretty pretty close, I think. Um, but I'm going to go 2-1 Newcastle. I think, it'll, I think it will be a good game, though, definitely. Um, so. Yeah, 100%. Newcastle are playing really well. Tottenham needs to bounce back. I think it's got the makings of a, a really, really good game on Sunday afternoon. We've jinxed it now for the neutral side, <laughs> haven't we? <laughs> yeah. It always, always happens. Um, Rob, thank you very much for popping on to the Everything is Black and White podcast. It's been a pleasure to get the insight into Newcastle's opposition Spurs on Sunday. To you guys listening, please remember to like and follow the podcast through your podcast provider and head over to chroniclelive.co.uk to keep up to date with all the latest Newcastle United news.